morning. It's Instigating Women and Friends. And Liz and I think you've all probably heard plenty from us um, for the last few sessions. And so we have a guest today. Graciela Cruz, thank you for, for being with us. Thank you. It's good to join you. My, my name's Graciela Cruz. I think I'm supposed to introduce myself. Now, yeah, right? go ahead. <laughs> so based in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Ada, Michigan, and I work at Amway and I lead the transformation office, which um, was stood up in the last year to help support um, some of the significant transformation going on within the enterprise um, across um, all different parts of the business. So it's, it's a, a big shift um, in terms of career and, and happy to get a chance to join you guys this morning. Thank you. So as you say all those big words, it sounds big words. pretty impressive. Yes. So many big so, words. So where'd you start? Um, have you always wanted to be oh my goodness. in a role? No, it's, uh, let's, where to begin? Um, so my background is in engineering. I, I studied mechanical engineering, born and raised in California, a uh, proud member of Nerd Nation, went to Stanford and got my degree in mechanical engineering. And um, as I was graduating, um, or getting close to it, I always um, thought I wanted to be a, a rocket scientist or some things in this space, right? Like what, what higher um, human endeavor is there than to be in the cosmos? And so um, I did a lot of work in my concentration was in advanced thermodynamics and, um, you know, very much focused in that space. I had a spreadsheet and a plan and I was going to, you know, work in a aerospace for a few years and then come back and get a concentration in, in aero astro. And so as I got to graduation, I was um, actually looking at moving to Seattle to work for Boeing. And so went up there, you know, I thought I could wear plaid and listen to grunge music and it would be awesome. And, um, you know, it, it, it was great. It was a great opportunity. And just randomly, it's all these weird sliding doors that happen that just take you on a completely different path. Um, but randomly had gotten a, a call from um, Procter & Gamble, who had a, a plant um, based near Santa Barbara, where my family is from. And um, I'd never considered them. They didn't recruit at Stanford. And so I, you know, they hadn't really been on my radar. But I figured it was a free flight from Palo Alto down to Santa Barbara, and I could see my family for the weekend, so why not go and check it out? And um, it was a, a plant that made Bounty and Charmin, so it was tissue towel, um, you know, running the web, making the web, sending it over, making all these little toilet paper and paper towel rolls, and I don't know, something awoke in me where I felt like the pace of manufacturing fit a lot better. Um, so ended up um, turning down Boeing, going to work for PNG. So instead of making rocket ships, I made toilet paper for eight years. So it was a big, a big difference, who'd have thunk? Um, but it was great. It was um, operational leadership in manufacturing, um, just learning um, all about um, manufacturing systems, about leading people, all sorts of things you don't typically get the opportunity to when you're, you're fresh out of college. So. Uh, great experience um, getting started in my career. So if you guys ever are up late and thinking, how on earth is toilet paper made? Or, you know, <laughs> just text me and I'll walk you guys through it. So I've used a lot of your um, products yes. on other, I was a professional that. tea peer 
Um, oh my goodness. That, that kind of breaks my heart because yeah. you put so much work into it, right? It's, it's a waste, right? Oh. I did. I wasted a lot of your product. And yet at the time it felt like I was, you know, I was doing something really, um, really fun and important. It was instigating. Um, it was, yeah, I was. I didn't, you know, yeah. And okay. I, I can support that. Um, I'm curious, thinking about um, your career and how so for so many women there who grew up excited about science and math, there are so many off ramps, I feel like, that lead us in different directions and messages yes. that lead us in different directions. So I'm curious, in your um, education, your training, your career, what what were some of those pivotal moments where you actually got a message of, yes, this is what you should be doing. You deserve to do this work. You deserve to be here. You know, there are, um, there are a lot of signals that make you second guess yourself. I think, you know, even just the, I, I, I believe in my, um, my engineering cohort, there was probably 25% female representation or something under that. So, you know, you're with a lot of dudes when you're studying some of this stuff, um, classes on internal combustion engines and, and things like that, where you, you look around and you wonder, should I be here? Um, is this what I should be doing? And, you know, even in, in manufacturing, it is predominantly male. And so you, you step into it and, I remember in, in my initial leadership positions, you know, I'm 22, 23, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm leading folks that are twice my age. And I, I remember there'd be guys that would tell me they had socks older than me. And I kind of would think, is, is this, what kind of, is this a compensation discussion? <laughs> like, why, why are your socks so old? Like, what's going on? Um, so you get all these different inputs that um, I think get to the core of, of that, you know, the imposter syndrome you talk about, we talk about so much, but I, I think it's just recognizing it, finding a network of, of women that are in a similar space that can give you some confidence that you're not alone in the feelings and recognizing, you know, there's a little bit of push you're going to have to put into that dynamic where these circles of conversation don't naturally open up in the same way. Um, and you're just gonna have to, again, um, you know, find that space, have confidence in your technical capabilities. And you know, it's a balance because you also need to approach it with the spirit of learning and of not having all the answers. And so it's that contradictory space of having confidence in what you're bringing to the table and what you're adding but not pivoting so much that you feel like you've got to have this, this armor mm. and that you have to have all the answers. And so often it's just, you know, understanding that what you're showing up with is an enabler to how you engage the balance of the organization that's working through issues, how you engage the team you're leading and how you can bring out the best in them by leveraging what your skill set looks like. That's really cool. So have there been moments for you where you feel like you have impacted the the culture and the um, approach to representation? And what did that look like? I think it's, I mean, you hope so, right? I mean, you kind of hope it's all, not all for not. Um, I think, you know, I always, um, I've always um, been very engaged in in mentoring other women and in particular women that are in, in a technical space or in a leadership space 
um, just because we, um, you know, it's, I remember coming up and it's few and far between, right? And especially as you look at, um, you know, ethnic diversity and other elements of it, it starts to get scarcer and scarcer. And so I think those those one-on-one -on -one connections, um, you know, there's the dynamic of women don't put in for opportunities until they've got 12 of the 10 qualifications. It's very true. And so being intentional with, with hiring, being intentional with drawing people out, and really being intentional with getting women um, to think about their future in much more concrete terms. What are those opportunities you're interested in? And, you know, instead of focusing on what you think you're not doing well, focus on what you're going to need to prepare yourself for that future opportunity. Um, how does that feedback, how does, how does those different, how do those different elements you're working on um, help to prepare you for where you want to go? Um, and then beyond that, you know, my, my style is very trans, very candid, um, very informal as well. So I'd like to hope, um, that, that I can create an atmosphere where people feel like they can be themselves and it's not expected that you're this cookie cutter mold of what, what a leader should be. So when did you start to feel like you could be yourself? Because you're not only direct and candid, you're fun. Yeah. I and am you're fun. funny. Yeah, uh, funny. Yeah. Yes. So when it, when did you let that oh show? My uh, you know, I think that's some of uh, the gift of being starting out in operations is you get so much engagement with a team, you know, and you can go out to the floor and just talk to folks and joke around. And, you know, that's, that's my favorite part of, you know, that, that joy of connecting that joy of, you know, cracking up and, and having fun. So I kind of feel like I've always had the privilege of being able to bring my full self. I, I do think that's, and I think it is, is having grown up in that initial, there's a duality because there'd be certain spaces where, you know, um, that could be intimidating or it feels like I've got to be, you know, buttoned up and technical, but those weren't massive. Like you kind of get through that pretty quickly. And from there, I feel like I always had a network of trusted leaders that knew me and supported me and wanted me to show up for, for who I am, not for you know, something where I'm leaving a part of my identity at the door. Um, and even transitioning, moving from California to Michigan is a big transition. And it's very, it's different culturally. It's very different. Um, it's just a very different environment. But I do feel, um, you know, it, it, it's something I can't afford to compromise on. Because I can't, you know, I can't walk past the dad joke. I can't walk past the pun. Um, that's who I am. And, you know, if that's a, a non-starter, it's not going to be a place that I can thrive in any case. And I think I've, I've had tremendous support through my career in that sense. Yes. But it's, it, I, I, it's gotta be soul crushing to feel you can't be yourself, right? Yes. It is. A lot of people we talk to in our coaching practices are at that soul crushing state. Yeah. And hopefully like stuck. Yeah. And I kind of feel like maybe me being a weirdo makes it okay for others to just not be so buttoned up and, and stiff. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned, um, believing that we're ready 
right? Mm-hmm. And that a lot of women and um, even more so women of color grapple with the messages um, that tell them that they have to be even more prepared than your standard uh, uh, white guy. And that's mm-hmm. something that um, a lot of my clients have had to um, overcome is almost like a doubling down a message as a female, but then also a message as a woman of color that, you know, be, be just be glad to be here, right? Be yeah. grateful as opposed to walking into a salary negotiation or, um, you know, when you find out there's an opportunity for advancement, instead of saying, why me? Mm-hmm. Saying, why not me? Sure. Right. And Absolutely. so uh, I just, I love the way that you articulated that instead of focusing on what do I not have? Um, what do I need to do to prepare for yeah. this next opportunity? Well, and recognizing it's not like no one's ever prepared for the situations they enter. Like that's just, you know, you got to throw that out the window. Um, and you know, you've got the things that you lean on are intellectual agility, a willingness to learn and humility. And if you're walking in believing, you know, you knock it out of the park day one, like you're, you're kind of missing the point. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the, the, the destructive myth about all of this is feeling you know, you're going to enter this and have it all together or feeling there's a stigma on listening and wanting to learn and wanting to understand before, you know, you, you put your, your branding all over everything that you're saying and, and come forth with this tablet of answers. And so I think there's, you know, that is, is something that's just really pervasive in corporate culture is, you know, you, you are the person and you're going to come in with the answers Um, I don't think that's ever the case. And it is, you know, I think it's an uncomfortable space as women to say, um, I deserve this, you know, let's, let's walk through why you're not in a space where you see this, or let's uh, pushing on, on pay and income and, you know, transparency on what people are making, like all those are still super uncomfortable conversations. And I think we're just scratching the surface of um, really getting to a place where we can push for equity in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a willingness that we have to have to be in a place of discomfort. Oh yeah, super uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, and my mantra is, I eat awkward for breakfast. I know. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I was just telling someone my um, my strength is awkward conversations. <laughs> Well, as your best as your best speaking, I'm thinking we're all three moms, um, yeah. and this imposter syndrome feeling and this awkwardness. I, I'm like, you know, when I, we had that first baby, I didn't feel like I was a mom. I didn't feel yeah. ready. There was no playbook, and so I try oh to use gosh. that analogy sometimes. Like, why would I feel like just because I got some new fancy title at work, I'm suddenly ready and prepared? Um, So what did I do when I was becoming a new mom? I researched, I talked to a lot of people. I asked for a lot of help. It's kind of the same thing. It is. I remember I was on maternity leave and I'd have, you know, my daughter kind of, I did a lot of baby wearing, right? So she was always like stuck to me. 
Um, and I'd walk down the street, like around the corner, there was this really good Mexican place. And so I'd walk every morning and get burrito and come home and watch Law and Order. Um, and invariably she'd have like hot sauce on her head because I'm like eating over her. <laughs> is this motherhood? Is this it? Like, is this Yes, it's very fancy and sexy. Yes. She's got like habaneros on her head. <laughs> oh dear. How am I going to explain this language. to the pediatrician? Um, but we figure it out. We figure it out. And yeah. it's one step at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But many of our episodes recently have been um, about my teenagers messaging me that I'm so lame and I'm so dumb and I don't know anything. And I'm, it's, I feel less prepared for that than I did. Yeah. I'm not ready for Mm. babies. I feel, I felt unprepared for that, but this is just really messing with my identity. Um, uh, Talk about having to, you know, unpack the story and decide that what you're being told is not true. Teenagers are awful. Yeah. <laughs> They're horrible. They are. I know. They're I mean, aliens. <laughs> yes. Yes. You might have discovered them if you would have gone on your space expeditions. I know, right? I know. I know. But no, it's, I, I think it is. Um, well, I think something that's helped, that's helped me, um, you know, going into, into opportunities that feel very new and very different is um, really sitting in the fear for a bit you know you kind of you get this situation and you're intimidated by it and there's that like initial intense reaction and adrenaline rush of it and anxiety and I'm one of those folks I just like to sit in that darkness Mm -hmm. and whatever that is and really go deep and understand it and I feel like it's super weird Um, but I feel like the more time I spend really mining that uncomfortable sensation, like really mining, what am I actually afraid of? Like bottom line it, like worst case scenario, you know, what is it that I'm so afraid is going to happen? And generally it all ends in losing face. Like everything comes back to that in some capacity. Like when I really sit there and it's like, okay, Am I afraid of job loss? Am I afraid of, like, what am I actually really afraid of? Because again, moving on with my mom in Santa Barbara doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world either. And so, you know, when it really comes down to it, it's generally not appearing to have it all together. And a lot of it ends up, you know, a lot of this, this thrash ends up coming back to that. And so I do find naming it, saying it, saying it out loud, you know, confiding in others and saying, this is really what's freaking me out. Um, it's gradually, it starts to lose its power because you're not trying to purport this, this vision of, of having it all together. Like that releases quite a bit. Good. What would you say to a teenager, but I don't, this is like a superpower you're describing. Yeah, like a TikTok, like a TikTok video, what I say to them, or like what? <laughs> like, I'm so not hip. You know, it's so funny. So I still considered myself, I, I was approached to be the um, the executive sponsor for our Young Professionals Network. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, 
does that mean I'm not a young professional anymore? <laughs> Oh my god. Is it the gray hair? Like when did this happen? So sorry, sorry, Liz, go ahead. No, that I was reading an article about the younger generation, <laughs> and the article didn't even mention my generation. Yeah, it was no. all the article was about it's millennials done. and Gen Z and no mention we're of X Gen now. X. Yeah. I we're was dinosaurs. We're, we're the boomers now. Yeah. We're the new boomers. Yes. That's but with really... like flannel, right? And like grunge music. So it's cooler. Yeah, we're cool, of course. Yeah. <laughs> boomers, but we're still like irrelevant is what <laughs> is what it seemed like. And I didn't like that at all. That was just this morning. Um, but so my question is, what would you say to to a teenage girl who's grappling with that moment of like staying in the discomfort of being like, yes, I should do science. Yes, I I do deserve to to be here, and because I I feel like there's some key in there to getting more young women to stay in um, in STEM. Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I would just say I think early exposure to those spaces is important, and I would just say that you know wherever life takes you there are such powerful elements to having a strong math and science background. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of how I always looked at it is, you know, all else fails. Like you've got this strong technical, like backbone of understanding how the world works, like understanding the physical elements. Of, and I'm super biased because I'm a nerd. Um, but, you know, those are the things where I would just uh, it, it depends on why there's doubt, right? Is it you're interested, but it's intimidating and there's all these smart boys and, or, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be good at math. And I mean, no one's ever good at anything. You just got to practice, right? Um, and it's, you know, I would just, um, I've got a Girl Scout troop. So my daughter's troop, I lead it. Um, and you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but I've had the girls since they were, they're third grade now. So I've had, I've had them since they were kindergartners and, you know, some of it is just the, the confidence gap starts at age seven or so, right? Like when, you know, girls start to think they're not, you know, as good in certain spaces or the boys do that, the girls do this. And half of it is just exposure and demystifying and kind of saying, Hey, we're going to, talk about gravity, or we're going to talk about simple machines or, and giving, you know, a, a literacy and a hands-on element to some of these things in a space that's not as intimidating. And, you know, I would just, you know, my, my point to them is just to give them exposure and, and say, I'm an engineer. I, you know, I'm a full-time executive, you know, it's important for me to invest this time in giving you exposure to these different elements of the world. And by the way, we've got Two other parents that are female engineers and we've got you know this other woman that's a doctor and, and all these different things that um i think just this pointing out the signals and the cues and the spaces where you can you know what you see around you is what you internalize as what you're capable of doing when you see those parallels you know she kind of looks like me that's a woman that's that's something i can aspire aspire to be and so it, it is, you know, one, it's, it's saying there's great opportunities in STEM. It's something worth checking out. And who in the world wouldn't want to be really good at calculus? And, you know, the second piece is, sure, it's work, but it is for everyone. And, you know, maybe there's, 
Doogie Housers and whatever else, but everyone's on their own path. And, you know, if it's something that excites you, it's something that's putting work into. That's really great. It's um, informing me even today because we don't have, we have conferences and um, I realize we're almost out of time here, but um, instead of giving my daughter, I have a third grader too. Oh, yay. Instead of telling her to research dolphins for the like 900th time today, I'm going to tell her to research gravity. Yes. Seriously, you are informing me as a parent right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's so tough. I'm such a, oh gosh, it's a, it's so tough not to be like a tiger helicopter control. I'm so controlling. And so, I mean, shocker, right, Gwen? Um, And so... (laughs) You know, it's, it's tough because my daughter's super artistic and crafty and, and all these different things. And, you know, I want her to want to do differential equations, um, but it's, you know, it's supporting and fostering her creativity, building on it. And I don't know. I mean, it's such a marathon on parenthood too, right? Like you can't, um, it's, it's so like such a long, long journey. I mean, it seems like just yesterday I was dropping burritos on her head and uh, there's still so much in front of us, but I don't know. I, I think exposure to different elements, you know, getting not, I mean, role model carries a lot of weight, but just getting examples of women that are doing some different things out there. And I mean, there is, there is more and more representation every day and that helps. Um, but it's still an area. I think that, um, there, there's quite a bit of work to do. So it's all about asking the right questions of our daughters and, and, and women in general, um, questions that take them maybe down a different path than the social hierarchies generally would ask them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm taking away being willing to sit in discomfort too. Oh, I love and it. Yeah. With, in yeah. the workplace and yeah. in those, in those meetings where we're, um, deciding whether to ask for more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Those are the growth moments. Super uncomfortable mm-hmm. and awkward. Yeah. That's well, where the good stuff so. lives, right? It really does. It really does. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. It's good Appreciate seeing you guys. It. Words of wisdom. You too. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.